Howdy, and welcome back to another episode of the one, the only fan club dedicated exclusively to effects pedals. If you love effects pedals, you are in the right place. You are amongst friends. I am Justin. I'm Vince. And Vince, we just got back from the biggest effects pedal field trip to date. We are coming back. <laughs> we are coming back live right from NAM 2023. Vince, have you recovered? Yeah, it only took me about a day to recover. Um, travel time wasn't too bad. It's a short flight, a couple hours. Um, yeah, I pretty much got home. We got home midday. I slept for a few hours. Um, and then I was up to like 9, 10 at night, and then I went to bed, and I was pretty much 100% the next day, ready to go. How about you? Um, I think I think I'm recovered. I, I'm, I'm re- I think I'm recovered from Nam. I had a, the last few scenes from a film I've been working on, and we wrapped out of the forest last night at 1 o'clock in the morning, and I didn't get to bed till 2. So I'm a little cooked from that, but I'm still riding high on everything that we saw at Nam. It was... A really great experience. Um, yeah. Vince, yeah. Just tell us about like, you know, just the vibe. What was it like? And then we'll also get into our uh, hotly debated how many steps we're going to get. So. Oh, right. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I mean, the vibe was awesome. I mean, the everyone we talked to was so cool. I mean, it's just uh, musicians, engineers, and just music lovers in general. And like... Uh, there's definitely a a nice vibe there because like everyone is sharing like the same passion of music right in in one way or another and so like um, it was just easy to like walk up and pretty much talk to anybody um, about something that you both find interesting. I mean, walk up to the same booth as um, you know, it pretty much anybody, and you talk about a pedal that you see in front of you. It's just easy to get into a conversation that way. It's uh, it was really cool. Um, and it's nice to see, like, I don't know, obviously there's other people that enjoy it too. Otherwise they wouldn't have a show like that. But I mean, uh, that was my first time seeing it on like that kind of a scale. Um, yeah, it was sick. It was sick. Um, and so in this episode, we're actually, it was so sick. We're going to do two episodes of NAM recaps. Uh, we're going to do one based on our top three pieces of gear. And I would say effects pedals, since we're the effects pedal fan club, but I'm pretty sure one of those pieces of gear is going to be a guitar because Vince got to play his absolute dream guitar at the show. So we'll get into that in a second. Um, (laughs) Vince was in his happy place. It was awesome to watch. I was so excited. And then the next episode will be our three, our top three kind of moments from the show um, that are just kind of happen in in passing or, or, or whatever they will, whatever you know, they were, um, before we get into that, we had, I think we need to talk about this dining experience we had, Vince. I mean, that was a, that was a whole nother thing. Um, yeah, we like fell into, uh, a couple dining experiences that ended up being more amazing than if we, we ever could have planned. Um, yeah, like we, the first day, like we, I mean, what time we we land around noon one o'clock? Uh, yeah, so Nam Pacific? started what Thursday, right? Friday yeah. it ran Thursday through Saturday, and yeah, our we plan was Thursday we're getting in, we're reconning. 
Friday's our big push, and then we're out Saturday. Yep, pretty much. And so, yeah, we land Thursday, midday sometime. Um, I mean, terrible experience at the airport. Uh, we oh, I forgot about that, Vince. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had rented a car, um, and we go to you know check in. It was reserved. Uh, we go to check in. Uh, they're like, oh, uh, you actually have to go down to the, the parking lot to get the car. And we we're like, oh, okay. Uh, and we just wander around the parking lot for a while until we find ourselves a line with about 40 people in it. Um, and it's moving at a snail's pace. Um, we were asking the people up front of this line. And so basically the the issue was they were out of cars. Not only were they getting people in and out really slowly. I don't know if they were having to redo reservations or not, but they didn't have any vehicles to check out, which is why it was so slow. Uh, and we stood in that line for an hour, an hour and a half. Well, um, Vince, we, we tried playing all sorts of different hands. Oh, yeah. Because this was Hertz, and the premium gold members were getting cars, but we weren't. So I was like, cool, I'm just going to join premium right now, and we'll go get a car. Like, we'll just walk to the front of the line and get a car. Yeah. So I did that, and they're like, nope, you have to book it through premium. I was like, oh, man, there's a, I thought I found a loophole in this system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as I was standing in this long line, Justin's like, I'm going to go sign up for premium and get into that line and see if I can get us a car. <laughs> Didn't work out. Um, that loophole kind of fell through. Yeah, it did. Uh, then as, like, I mean, we're standing in line forever, and everybody in the line is, you know, obviously like, this is crazy, like, what's the point of reserving a vehicle if like you get there and there's no vehicles, uh, there's a Seinfeld bit about it and it's hysterical, but, um, it, we also like, there's people from the other, um, car rental places that are walking to their cars and driving out. And some dude from Avis, one of the other car rental places was like, yo, we don't have a line and we have cars if you guys don't want to wait. <laughs> and so like, <laughs> I've never six- seen that before. <laughs> And so, like, six people left the line, Justin being one of them. I kind of stayed in to hold the place just in case. But yeah. Justin walked away for 10 minutes, came back, and, like, he was on the phone, but he just holds up the keys. And I was like, sick, we got a car. And so, like, <laughs> it was just, uh, um, I mean, it was wild. That was a whole digression of, like, the whole point of this story. So, we get in on Thursday, right? Yeah. We go through all that. We go straight to Nam. We Like, didn't even check scout- in, just straight there. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, we, yeah, we didn't go, we to, go to Chipotle, but yeah, we, anyways, right to Nam. Oh yeah, we did go, we stopped it, we stopped and got some food at Chipotle. So yeah, that was, yeah, one o'clock in the afternoon, maybe I two. Think so. Uh, we get to Nam, we get to Nam and we're just scouting. Like we are looking at what's there. I mean, we're getting sucked in instantly. We're, like we're we trying cool to scout Vince. We're trying to scout, we're but every scout. time we <laughs> are trying to like, oh, this is here. And then we like go and see other things. We're like yo, what is that? And we're like it full engaging in conversations. Uh, we're both wearing headphones, playing guitars, <laughs> testing out pedals, like everything. Um, so like we... It, uh, scout it, just... Like, the scouting not, was... It's... Yeah. Um, and it was hysterical because Justin uh, being like... Yeah, I mean, he, he ran into quite a few people that you knew um, mm. and that you would talk to, but I mean, some that you'd never met in, in person before. So... Um, but it was also kind of funny because Justin and I were both realized we were getting distracted at every stop we went. And Justin's like, all right, we just kind of got to get not get sucked in. And we just got to like walk and see what's on the other side. And right when he finishes that sentence, he's in a conversation with somebody who was walking by like 
sucked in into <laughs> just because he ran into somebody. It, that might have been when we ran into Zach from Mythos Pedals. No, we ran into uh, that was when we ran into Mick Taylor. I think is when that. Happened. Oh, we ran into Mick Taylor, right? <laughs> for the second pedal for show. the second time. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, we're like, we just but got it was to just, walk and scout this place, and we're like, oh, yeah, Mick Taylor. it was hysterical. <laughs> so we 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 ended up scouting quite a bit. We ended up looking at a lot of cool stuff that we def we came back to on Friday. Uh, we walked the entirety of the convention center on Thursday, just to see what all was there too. Like we went through the drum sections and the horns and woodwinds section. And we went through the, like this crazy stage electronic lighting. stage lighting sections. We went to, uh, and t-shirt so manufacturer, t-shirt manufacturer states. Um, it was sick. And so like, we see the whole thing. Um, and Actually, then we let me in. stop you there real quick, Vince. Yeah. We thought we saw the whole thing. But the oh, next yeah. day, we realized there's a whole second half of it where we there was scheduled a whole other building meeting. that we didn't a whole know about. Building, yeah, and, and we ended up going there the second day, and we're like, "Holy cow! There's another building with more stuff," uh, and that ended up being really cool. And we'll we'll get back to that because that's sure, one sure. of the things that I, we might have to talk about it next episode. Yep. Um, what else? And so, I mean, the whole day was spent scouting. We were walking. We were checking stuff out. Um, we ended up the spending the last parts of the convention of that day at the, this little booth that had a lot of um, kind of smaller pedal companies. They all kind of like rented out the same booth, but they had sections. And so like um, we started talking to all of them. We ran into like Mojo hand FX. Yep. Uh, Mojo hand. Uh, KMA was there. KMA uh, was there. That's where we ran into cornerstone. Cornerstone. Um, yeah. I mean, really, really great companies that we, we learned about a bunch of new ones there too. But the uh, point being, it was we were we ended up there at the end of the day. It was six o'clock, um, and they, they shut actually, the lights off because yeah, they were they trying to dip the people out. Off, they shut the lights off. They're like, "Oh, we got to get people out." And so we, we didn't leave right away. We were sitting there talking to the guy from Summer School Effects, which we'll talk about later too. Um, company that we had never heard of, and their whole aesthetic and was so sick. Um, All I need to say about that is muff rat. Oh my God. Yeah. Such a good pedal, man. They had a bunch of great ones. Uh, but anyways, so like end of the day, um, up to this point, like we had had Chipotle at one o'clock or so. And so it's now six thirty. by the time we get back to the car, it's going on close to seven o'clock. Uh, and Justin and I are like, we're, we need sustenance. We need some food. Cause we didn't eat. We didn't pack snacks. Uh, we need some sustenance cause we're, low on calories uh so we look up a thai place we both like thai food works out we're like all right sick let's go check out this thai place good reviews we're driving um we end up in probably santa ana somewhere um yeah somewhere irvine pull up santa to this thai ana. place I'm not sure where we were yeah says open we're like okay sick we'll walk up it, it's really really small place looks like they have three tables inside at most um i was like this might be a to-go only place and he's like no there's tables uh, doors locked, not open, nobody around. So nope. we're like, okay, well, uh, how about the next closest Thai place? So we find another one that's in downtown Santa Ana. Uh, we drive there. It's now going on eight o'clock. Uh, that place closed. And so now we've been searching for food for an hour and a half and we are starving, not starving. That's a, an exaggeration. Yeah. <laughs> But pretty hungry. Though. I mean, we're we're hungry. We're on the border of like 
we're not really talking because it's just it, we're getting grumpy, <laughs> we're getting hangry. Yeah. We're just like we need to find some food, so we we're just googling, and the second Thai place that was closed, we found another what we thought was like an Asian fusion place, really close. We're like, cool, this place is close. It has high rating. I don't really care other than that. Let's just go there. Um, and the place we ended up going to is a place called Kaizen, Shabu Shabu. And so we go there and we get a table and it's a little confusing because you, you and I have never been to a place like this. Nope. And so I thought Shabu I had Shabu. done all the dining experiences in my, my life. I was like, yep, I've done them all. And yeah. it's clear I have not. Yeah. And so this was interesting because you sit at a, a table or a bar type spot and they've got it's like, like a sushi a, bar going around. Yeah. Right? And then they've got a big like hot plate, uh, on the table and we're like well we don't really know what's going on here uh, and so the owner of the place was super nice he goes have you guys ever had shabu before and apparently that's um like the style of dining that we did and what it is for those who don't know is it's um you basically pick a protein and uh, then a sauce or soup type thing and what yeah, they broth. do is they the broth and they put the 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 soup the broth on the hot plate and they boil it and then you they give you all the foods all the meats they're all uncooked and you dip them in this uh broth to cook it and flavor it um and so it's really neat so uh and they said it's a little bit different than like a chinese hot plate is that what they call it uh well like a traditional uh, hot pots hot like pot. you can yeah and so it's it's very similar where um, the guy that, when he explained that to us, the shabu is a less flavorful broth um, and higher end meats and um, like and ingredients, stuff. vegetables yep. that you cook. Like that stuff is higher end and the broth is just supposed to be like the seasoning, the flavoring to go with those. Whereas the hot pot is a more flavorful soup that you just kind of put everything in. Yep. Um, but it ended up being awesome it was i mean one of the best dining experiences i've ever had i've ever had and we just kind of fell into it it was so cool yeah like i said i thought i've been to all the dining experiences but um shabu is new to me uh, yeah and it was a the, the owner of it if you're ever in santa Ana, is it Ka kaizen 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 make sure you go um just I mean, really it, good people all around one of the best yeah. great best dining experiences I've he knew ever we had. were Yep, he knew we were from out of town. He was like, let me get you guys some sake. He bought us sake, and I mean, they were just so accommodating and helpful and and nice because we were asking tons of questions. We had no idea what we were doing. They taught us how all the utensils work because there were some different utensils that you're supposed to use for like cooking certain things, and there's um, some seasonings that you're supposed to season your sauce and your broth with. It was just rad. Uh, we loved it so much. We went there on Friday night again when we were yeah. done at the show. We were like, there was no doubt in our minds. It's like, okay, we're going to Shabu after after we're done here at the convention today, right? And it's like, yep. Yeah, no we question did. asked. And it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to take too much more of our time on that. But oh, it was, we can get, uh, let's get, let's get into it. I mean, we had a great experience all around, I think, right? It really was. Um, and then like our breakfast experience ended up being just as good because we were Googling breakfast places all I kind of, as soon as we got done at Shabu, we went back to the place and we kind of hung out and chilled and relaxed and we we're trying to figure out, you know, where are we going to get some coffee and some breakfast in the morning before we go? Um, 
And the places that we initially Googled were not really what we were expecting. Um, we thought we found a cool pastry coffee place, um, but the pastries, it wasn't like pastries that you would buy and eat right away. It was more like uh, catering stuff. So like uh, pastries that you would buy in bulk, like you'd be buying two dozen of these cannolis or something. And I'm like, oh, well, that's not what I wanted. So we got coffee and then we found a place called um, Poached. Poached Neighborhood yeah. Kitchen, which is a was a really cool breakfast place that you go up to the counter you order your breakfast and then you take the number and you go sit at a table and then they bring it out to you. So you don't, it's not really a sit and dine in. You go up and order and pay and then they bring it to you. And, and I loved it. It was fantastic food. Um, yeah. What was interesting about, uh, cause like getting a hotel near the convention was one nearly impossible and two, like crazy, crazy expensive. Um, yeah. so we got an Airbnb in Irvine in Irvine if I had to say Irvine was like, if you're like, oh, the Egyptians can build cool pyramids, the Irvines can build great office parks. Like that's yeah. all the Irvine was, was office parks. It was like, yeah, it was basically just n nothing but office parks. Yeah, um, it was and then like and little, office parks. <laughs> little uh, like strip malls and uh, like areas like that. There was very little um, like residential housing stuff. Right, like it we were just... across the street from an office park, and next to another like uh, grocery store center, like yeah, stores. Um, it ended up being rad. Uh, it was rad, um, so, but yeah, I guess like we should get like so if yeah. you're in Santa Ana, Kaizen Shabu is amazing, wonderful we should people. Absolutely go there. They, yeah, yep. they were so nice, and they um, convinced like they wanted to convince us to fly out to. Santa Ana more often just to go dine there. They, yeah. I mean, it seemed to like our company as much as we liked theirs. It was exactly. really, it was yeah. really nice. Like, it, we felt very welcome, and it was very welcome, and it was fantastic food and just really nice environment all around. It was so cool. Yeah, um, we should probably get into some gear though, Vince. Yeah, so because I mean, we saw a ton of it. Yeah, we. I think I mentioned a few, but. Just the more Justin and I talked to it, like we'd mentioned something and like, oh my God, I forgot we even saw that. I mean, I should have taken notes the whole time of like everything that we saw. Um, we ended up getting a ton of business cards, which was sick. Yeah, we um, met a lot of great people. It was just such a great, so many you know, cool people. You know, it, to know the people from Reverb that make buying pedals like real easy, I think. Yeah. Um, those. Yeah, Reverb had a section there and like we talked to two different people that were at Phil Reverb. Phil and Dave. Yep. Phil and Dave. And it was. <laughs> super cool we uh i mean i'd I'd like to talk a little about that but we'll 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 get through our segment first too yeah we'll try to get through our segment um but uh i mean three top pieces of gear let's yeah that's it so we so just so people know uh nam is a huge convention open floor and they're like vince was saying there's everything from you know mariachis to t-shirt companies to stage lighting to uh, app makers to pro audio any, but then there's one hall that's pretty much dedicated to guitars. And that's where we spent most of our time. Yeah. Um, it was, Ivan is, was mean, there Two rock was there. Um, high watt was there. The big guys like Gibson and Fender were not there this year. And I mean, we'll leave that to the internets to figure out, but we just focused on, on the hall D, which was where a lot of the gear that we were interested in, was yeah and so was, i mean guitars amps pedals um 
and pretty much everything within that nature was Hall D, which we, I mean, yeah, like Justin said, we just spent all of our time there. Um, go ahead. Yeah, and so the the like, just to, I mean, you walk around and like, I mean, there's your L.A. like rock rat, like just like maybe I don't know, felt like they. Guns N' Roses era, rock rat, just walking around. So many rock rats. Every, like, L.A. rock scene was just representing hard. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a lot of rock and roll going on. So much rock and roll. But then there was also just, like, this... It what was interesting is just this kind of YouTube generation, like, YouTube stars that were walking around. Yeah. Um, you're like, oh, yeah, you know... Um, I mean, outside of McTaylor, running into McTaylor, which was one of, like, our personal highlights. We'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> uh, was... Um, you know, uh, just, just there and you just playing right in front of you was just awesome, you know? Yeah. Um, and then just every guitar and amp you could play and plug in and it was a blast. So, I mean, before we go too far down and go too tangential here, we should at least maybe try to get to our first top three events. Yeah. Um, what, let, we'll go in reverse order. So it's kind of hard to order them, but like, what was your, you know, if you had to choose, what was one of your kind of top three pieces of gear that you saw? Um, I mean, I'll start with a pedal and it was from summer school electronics, which is a small pedal builder that we ran into. Um, I believe they're from California. Um, I don't have the guy's information. I think they're from, I think they're East coast. I want to say Pennsylvania. Yeah, but I might be way wrong. I might have it backwards. I mean, we met so many people, and I should have had the information sure. on me, so it was accurate. But Summer School Electronics, um, their uh, aesthetic was so cool. The the graphics and the names of all of their pedals had had to do with school in some way. They had a, a snow day delay, um, which is, I mean, just a really cool name, but it ended up being a super rad pedal. The favorite, my favorite pedal that I tried from theirs was, um, it was a muff and a rat, mm. um, combined in the same pedal. Uh, and so it was, um, it wasn't a straight muff. It was kind of modified, um, but it was, uh, switchable via toggle from muff to rat. Yeah, but I think what was what made that one really interesting to me is they're blendable. It wasn't just a a rat and a modded rat and a muffin in the same enclosure. I think you could blend them. You know what? Uh, I'm going to look this up right now. I'm looking at. I, feel, I also I, looked up and I just saw they're from Syracuse, New York. <laughs> it is New York. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, cool. Yep. They're from it, New York. It's called um, the Science Fair. Vince is the pedal that we saw. The Science Fair. Yep. Yep. So, it's, um, so it's basically a yeah, shared so, drive and tone, right? Yeah, you got it. Yes, I now have it up. So, yeah, it's a shared drive and tone, and it has, um, yeah, a blend knob where you can kind of uh, blend it from rat to um, muff. And, like, is this their muff or is this a tube screamer and a rat combined? I might get it, be getting it confused with their no, other had, pedal. No, I had uh, Science Fair. It was was Muff and Rat. Is the green throwing you off? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Anyways, I tried this pedal. It sounded amazing. I might be totally, totally butchering it. I mean, it's an overdrive distortion pedal. It has a blend knob that you can go between a Rat and um, 
other another game pedal. Yep. <laughs> and it's uh super sick. Definitely one of my top like it's in my top three. Um but they had a lot that were super cool. <coughs> um, oh, excuse Justin, me. do you want to name one of yours? You want me to go through th- all three? Oh, of no. Well, I'll, I'll jump in on one for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know why. <coughs> I can't talk. I The lemon water somehow like lodged in my throat, which I I don't know is possible, but um, that's where I'm at. All right. One of mine that I was super excited about, and I had heard the rumors of it, was from Cornerstone Gear. And as you know, they make the Gladio, which is yep. like on my board all the time. Actually, one of my primary gain stages. And they released the Coliseum. Yeah. And what is, I think. Maybe I'm not, I'm definitely not unique in this, but it's a dual pedal like their Gladio, same kind of uh, uh, foundation as that, but it's a blues breaker on one side and a clon on the other. And if you know anything about my gain staging, it's always a fuzz into a blues breaker into a clon. And so now I freed up, if I get this pedal, I freed up a power outlet on my power supply because two of my pedals go off and one goes on and I played it. And granted, it's really tough to demo pedals there to really understand them because you're playing in a, a quiet area through headphones, uh, which is great because you can demo a lot or whatever, but you just can't really get a total feel for it. So I can't re- really report back to say this indeed is going to replace, yeah, you know, my like Morning Glory type pedal and a Mythos Milner or anything. But I love the idea of both a blues breaker and a clon, even just as a single pedal, like on a small board, that's just a great, great, um, um, pairing. So for me, that was, uh, probably what I was just like, you know, going into NAM, I was excited to see because I knew it was going to be there. It was going to be debuted there and to actually see it and play it and talk with the guys from, um, you know, uh, Gladia or Cornerstone, that was definitely one of my gear highlights. And, you know, like when we talked to Buddy Blues, Buddy Blues specifically mentioned Cornerstone saying, hey, they're they're a family-run business from Italy, great people, and, you know, without doubt, they are a wonderful, uh, they're just a great company run by a family. And so that was pretty exciting yeah. to me was seeing that um, uh, uh, Coliseum. Yeah, I mean, and uh, not only that, but... The, it's a good point mentioning and like testing out pedals there. Cause I mean, everything could change, especially once you throw it on your rig, like you have, I mean, it's going, you have a, a lot of pedals that are before and after your gain stages and that could very easily change kind of the sound of that pedal or, or how it's played or how it sounds through your rig, especially wet, dry stuff. But like, yeah, a lot of our opinions of these are going to be from listening at NAM. Um, to whatever setup they had through whatever guitar they had. Um, yeah, we actually, what was really cool about NAM is like, so if you worked with like, if or if you were talking to a specific builder's pedal line, they'd have all their pedals there together. But then you'd be out like on the floor of NAM and like other builders would sneak in these little micro boards to like, yeah. you know, uh, Zach from Mythos had his little board with the two rock folks and that was awesome. And the yeah. Westerland uh, one effect was at the Benson booth. Um, so you'd yep. find these like little, little kind of stashes of uh, cool kind of micro boards. So 
Uh, yeah, it was super sick. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, yes. we had fun walking up to like random amp um, companies or guitar companies and kind of like peeking their boards when really you're there to, I mean, they're there to like demo a guitar through, you know, whatever amps they had, but they always had like boards there because, um, I mean, they were usually like fully testing them. Yeah. It was cool. Um, so let's uh, hear about one of your uh, kind of uh, gear highlights, one of the top three gear highlights for you. I mean, uh, and another one, and we're, we're going to stay on the same one, it was, an, was a Cornerstone pedal for me. Um, I had liked Cornerstone, but Justin and I are very different um, guitar players in the idea that uh, Justin uh, has a very classic take. Uh, his playing style and is very much into, like, you know, the dumble sound. The um, Just give me some mid-range, man mid-range stuff and so um a lot of times we we tend to just get kind of like sucked in and drawn towards you know different pedals but um i was testing out the cornerstone ones uh, and mostly because like justin's like you need to come hear these cornerstone pedals and so i was like yeah i do um and as i was playing them i ended up really really liking the impervian uh imperium Im- imperium the I'm red sorry, yeah. the red that so yeah. it's the same kind of as cornerstone, the gladio and the coliseum yeah. yep Imperium, and this is a pedal that is a, it's a dual pedal, dual drive, just like some of their other ones, and this one has uh, what they have labeled as a Robin Ford style dumble, and then John Mayer Screamer on the other side, mm-hmm. so it's like a dumble and a screamer, um, and it worked out really well, because um, I love these oversaturated drive tones where basically any drive pedal I like, I think almost always sounds better with a tube screamer pushing it. Um, whether it's just kind of saturating it with volume and light drive, or if it has tone and shaping the EQ, but, uh, this pedal I I ended up really, really liking. And I was basically messing with the screamer side of it into the dumble. Um, because it has, I mean, these two independent pedals that you can uh, choose which direction they're, uh, the order that they're in. Um, and they both have different, like, compression... Uh, characteristics and everything. Characteristics of them um, that you can change via toggle. And so it, it ended up being a more versatile pedal than I thought it was going to be. And I found it a sound, I found a sound that I really liked with it, which is, I feel a little bit different for kind of what I tend to go for in, in gain stages. It was really cool. Um, so I loved that pedal. Yeah. So like both the, you know, my Gladio, the Coliseum, the Imperium, they're all basically a, a similar foundation with different circuits, but like Vince yeah. was saying, what's great about the, the that whole foundation is, um, that you can run, uh, you can choose the order. They cascade into one another, um, or you can choose them to be independent, right? So whether you're, choose yep. you know pedal one turns pedal two off or vice versa or you can cascade them and i just and i didn't even think about that vince when you're talking about it is you run a screamer first in your gain stage yeah. and then you love cascading that into other things and that's just like a rad pedal f- for specifically that tone you're looking for yeah uh and i mean talking with the guy at cornerstone uh, he was he was kind of messing with the knobs as i was playing and kind of showing me everything they could do and it was just um I mean, really cool. I was able to get, you know, really nice high gain tones out of this pedal that is like a dumble and a screamer, which is, uh, yeah. which I thought was really cool. 
Yeah, um, that's also one pretty fun thing about the Nam experience is the builders when you're playing are like DJing. They're kind of piloting yeah. your experience. So as you play, they'll uh, you know turn the knobs and kind of find settings that they like or that maybe are work work well for what you're pl- playing. So that's a very unique experience to the Nam show, I think, which is I I I thought was a great and a new, you know, a great way to demo pedals from the builders themselves. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, uh, what do you got for number two for you? This is a tough one for me because, you know, is it... So I had discovered a death by audio pedal that is already in existence, but, like, the idea of an arpeggiator in a fuzz pedal was... (laughs) awesome and just getting to jam that was so exciting i was like you know one note and you just feel like you're somewhere like you're just clubbing instantly and so i was like oh yeah this one but it's been around for a while so i think i'm going to focus specifically on the new pedal from jam and that is the Mm. boomster the jam boomster and you know how much i love driving an overdriving amp with like a treble booster or something to focus those uh, frequencies. And you also know how much I love expression pedals and the jam boomster is both of those in one. So it's a, it's, I think a 16 or 20 decibel volume boost. So it's serves as a boost pedal and you can then choose three different circuits. So three different voicings. And then you can kind of can tweak those voicings internally with internal trim pots. You have a buffer that you can turn on and off. So it can either be uh, an always on buffer or maybe only when the pedal is engaged. And then you plug in an expression pedal and it serves as a volume pedal. And I thought that was real cool um, because you could use it in so many different ways. You could put it maybe after all your drive pedals before your time-based stuff and do volume swells you could put it at the front of the board and kind of use your foot to kind of clean up so if if maybe if you're not one that plays guitar and work is able to mess with the guitar knob very much you can actually use your your pedal to control like the amp breakup so i thought that was a really really cool pedal coming from our friends over there in greece at jam pedals yeah Um, those were just a then also to see all the jam pedal custom paint jobs was insane. Oh yeah. Oh my God. They're so, so cool. It was pretty sick. Um, I want to interject real quick and say that we were mixing up that science fair pedal. So the science fair was a rat and a tube screamer. And I think I was getting it confused with their, um, other pedal, which is, um, the trash Panda, which was their modified muff. Okay. Yeah, uh, and then there was another company that also had uh, a rat and muff combination pedal that I think was switched by Toggle. So um, I apologize to summer school effects. You're still I, into the science fair, but you're saying you like the rat yes, and I ju- I just the tube misspoke what it was. Yeah, it's, so it's a tube screamer and a rat with a blend knob, and it was so sick. Um, and so I just got it confused with obviously one of the countless pedals that I saw (laughs) over the course of like a 28 hour period, 28 hour period. We saw like, you know, 18,000 pedals and and talked. It was was so crazy. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, I guess onto my last piece of 
here. That... This is the number one, and I think I know what it is, Vince. Oh, because, you, you definitely know what it is. Because it was also one of your hopes and dreams going into NAM. Yeah, it was. I mean, I mean, as soon as I found out it was there, I was like, this is priority number one. As we were walking into Scout, I was like, we need to go see this, and that was Aristides Guitars. Um, and that is a guitar company from the Netherlands that uses uh, their own composite material to create guitars um, that doesn't use any wood whatsoever. Um, it's a material that they created that resonates beautifully, um, but is not prone to warping or weathering or age aging. Like it's very, it's modern take um, on guitars where it's like, it does, it's, really really cool it's um they make they're able to do really neat things with the uh paints as well um and the the material they make it out of they can use uh like just a solid color of that material and there's no paint like on top of it it's that color all the way through so if you were to like scratch the guitar or dent the guitar or take a chunk out of it you could just sand it to where it's smooth and you would not notice because it's the same material all the way through um they don't use bolt-on necks it's what it, they're one piece guitars um just so cool um and yeah so that for a long time that was my dream guitar um and i think i, I talked to justin about this and i think it's because i got into this world of guitars um, recently. And so I didn't have these ties to guitar history, really. Um, I was kind of coming at it from just an unbiased standpoint. And as much as I love, you know, the history of guitars and seeing stuff that was built that, I mean, guitars that are 30 years older than I am, twice as old as I am, that just still play beautifully. Um, I also enjoy seeing very modern takes on guitars and something that's not prone to a change in climate. So like, a guitar that I buy online and is shipped to me from Texas, you know, I worry about, you know, if that guitar stays in the condition that it was in before. Um, but yeah, it's just really, really cool. I thought they're wonderful and getting a chance to actually play them was nice too. Cause I also worried, I was like, I, if this is my dream guitar and I end up buying one and I'm like, Oh, it doesn't, it just doesn't fit. You know, it doesn't, it's not my thing. Um, but I ended up playing two or three of them. <laughs> just to make sure and they i mean they played wonderfully and they felt great yeah i was um you know you've talked about uh them on the podcast before and yeah. you know i look at their instagram feed and i can appreciate them and I, it, the conversation you just we had the day of and then that you just kind of reiterated was that you don't really carry the weight of jimmy page and jimmy hendrix and like yeah all that because you're playing drums you know it wasn't even kind of in your wheelhouse so you're coming at like guitar like pretty tabula rasa like you're blank yeah. slate and you have these preferences and i think that's really cool because it's like turning me on to all sorts of new stuff that like i normally would have just like 1000 percent just been like nope it's you know yeah. obviously it was made after 1959 so that's not <laughs> even i can't even see that i don't even know what that is, is that a, you know <laughs> yeah. um but then you know so i was like the first you know Again, we tried to scout, but all we did was basically <laughs> talk to people and get overwhelmed by every booth that we saw. Um, yeah. We went there first, and the guys from the Netherlands, especially Jay, like our the first encounter with the, the team there was so nice and just so cool to hang out with. And then you see these guitars in person, and you're like, these are freaking rad. 
like that yeah. green sparkle fade or the pink sparkle fade was dope and that yeah. kind of like cl- celestial body and i thought like there's no way my brain would ever allow one of these to creep into to to me is like oh i i could rock that i'm into it yeah and um just hanging out with those guys watching you play them just being so stoked hearing about their process um, I'm into them. I have one th- nothing but appreciation for those guitars. I still yeah. though, and this is you know I don't understand it myself. I asked you, we have a wall of all these guitars, and actually we were to the point where like, oh maybe we can get a Nam discount. Um, yeah. Like we're we are really pushing hard. Um, I asked like, which ones were for sale, and all the ones that were for sale were already sold. Already <laughs> sold. You know yeah. they're just so cool. But the one you said was your number one was a headless guitar yeah it was headless headless uh, and, and i just can't i can't do it so i i'm still trying to understand it it that was more of like the idea of um i mean they are very known for making seven eight nine string guitars they yeah. had a nine string there to for to play if you wanted to um and so like their six series is uh i mean the zero six zero right yeah the Oh six oh yeah, yeah 060, it was just yeah. A, a, was just a six string guitar, and they had some of those there and some of the other ones. But like the ones that were picked up off the wall, uh, I mean, they only had three or four six strings there. The rest were, I mean, they tried to bring a little bit of everything so you could see what it was all about. Um, the headless felt really nice, um, and it was also a fan fretted guitar, which. Normally, the the one time I tried playing a fan fretted, um, I'd have, I've only tried playing one. I didn't. Ha- I don't have a ton of experience with it. It didn't really fit my hand well, especially towards like the, you know, the first second fret area because those are fanned away from your finger. So if you're trying to do a bar chord, you almost have to like angle your angle mm-hmm. it away from you. But it and, uh, when I played that one, it felt really really nice, um, and I like the idea of them being light. Um, and balanced weight-wise is really nice. Um, and just if I'm going to end up going kind of that direction, I, I want to get something that's different from what I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. Um, and, I mean, what would have shied me away from that before is, like I said, I the one fan-fretted guitar that I played didn't really feel that great. That one it was awesome. Um, and so it could have just be like an, I, a thing with the way they're made, um, I don't know if those ones are made in a certain way or if it's if or if it was the quality. I don't remember the other one that I played. So um, Yeah. But it was it were... was cool. Like I when you first played your first one. So they I think maybe they were in conjunction with Rev amplifiers. So Yeah, they were set up like at the uh not necessarily in a booth, but like in the same area and they were you were testing Aristides guitars on Rev amps. Yep. Like the rev section was in like the same thing. I mean, that was like you in your absolute happy place because you oh, yeah. love your rev. Um, oh yeah. Was it G? I forget which which one you have. Uh, I have the G four. G four. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just seeing. But the first when you first sat down, like all the like uh, spaces that w- were occupied had the headphone options, and then your yeah. your your amp had like the one non-headphones so like you were basically yeah, yeah. playing your the first like you set foot on the uh, nam floor grabbed one of your favorite guitars of all time a mythical guitar plugged into an amp and then played for like all of hall d <laughs> you know, it was just yeah terrifying it was, 
<laughs> it was really intimidating because uh, there was a couple times I was like, "Oh, is there any?" Like I'm looking, I was, I don't, I'm not nearly a good, good enough guitarist <laughs> to play allowed for these people like i i would be embarrassed going into a local guitar shop where there's six people and now there's um i mean 18, professional guitarists people and they're yeah, all youtube professional stars famous people <laughs> walking behind me um but like yeah i i full-on like when i tested that i as soon as i sat down and started playing i forgot that i was at nam like i was full-on in the zone like it didn't matter it was so it was actually a really cool experience too because when i was done i was like yeah it was almost like i came back too and i looked around and i was like oh that was actually really weird because <laughs> like i also couldn't hear anybody else's amps because there's definitely like tons of noise going on but like i wasn't listening to anything except mine oh that's so good um i, I can't wait till you get one of those guitars man i'm so stoked for you oh yeah definitely um so my final kind of highlight and i think within the pedal world was a pretty pretty well received by everybody and i think everybody had heard about it um was the the new uh like uh benson echo rec from t-rex effects yeah and I, I think we just stumbled upon it our first day during our scout and there's just this spinning magnetic drum head and we're like, what is this? Um, yeah. you know, it was That's a big exactly unit with like gold and green sparkle, um, a big, you know, was, I don't know how big, you know, maybe five inches in diameter, like, uh, sp spinning drum with all these tape heads kind of around it. And then just these cool knobs and what it is, is, um, you know, the way like, uh, tape, tape echoes work is there's a playhead and a record head. So every time you hit a note, the record heads putting it to tape and then the playheads returning it. And the distance between the two heads is what is creates the delay time. Yeah. And so the medium for this is some sort of, I guess, magnetic drum, like really with a real fine, um, uh, membrane around it. I don't exactly oh, know yeah. how it, it works. It was like copper was it copper or wire that was like wrapped around it and yeah. then f sanded to a very, very crazy fine tolerance, layer. right? So crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's kind of like, yeah, how it worked. It was really neat the way he was talking about it. And we heard somebody playing it at the time too. And it was just like, this is beyond what my brain can fathom right now. <laughs> so <laughs> Almost, dreamy, you know, so dreamy. Um, so that was kind of my number one and, it's you know it's an expensive unit it's a full analog drum tape echo which you know in my brain would be like oh that's you know yours it's five thousand dollars that's what it's going to be if you want that uh sonic signature five thousand yeah. bucks and i think it's they say 2100 is what it's going to come in at um oh yeah something something in that range of yep. like so I was really excited about that. I would love seeing that sitting next to my amp, behind my amp, on my. I don't think it'd be board friendly, but I, or in the clubhouse. I just want to see no, it I mean, and know that I could go turn it on, watch this drum head spin, and actually, you know, make some just crazy, crazy cool space delays. Yeah. So and um, it's also cool because um, I believe T Rex is not a company anymore. No, uh, I think what they... happened was T-Rex a while, T-Rex was early 2000s a company, then they had some financial issues and maybe they went bankrupt and they're back now or maybe they're back as a different company, but I think it was something along those lines. 
Yeah. So I don't know if it's actually under T-Rex effects or not. We'd have to figure that one out. But it is. it was super cool. Yeah, it was. Um, well, Vince, we are, we've gone a little long, um, yeah. today cause we had to talk about a lot. Uh, and I think I'll prepare everyone now. The next episode is probably also going to go a little bit long cause there's, <laughs> there's just a lot for us to cover that there's so much to talk about. And so, and so many things we definitely want to mention that I, you know, um, I want to get out about because there's a lot of shout outs too that um just yeah the next episode is going to just be a ton of shout outs just um i mean yeah proof that people are still cool people there's still good people out there yeah so all right vince um i wish i could say that we were going to shabu right now but we're just going to wrap this uh, <laughs> wrap this one up thanks everybody for listening uh find us on instagram at it affects pedal fan club call the hotline 1609-800-FANS and um, hit the website, effectspedalfanclub.com. Read all the rules and regulations and see if the club's right for you. And what's the other thing we <laughs> tell people, Vince? Uh, well, if you're thinking of whether you need that pedal or not, um, you should just go buy that pedal. That's right. Support your support the builders that make them. So that's it for this episode. I'm Justin. I'm Vince. And we'll see you uh, next episode a little longer. Nam number two. Take care. <laughs>